Welcome to the Chaffin Church Podcast. My name is Marty Holman, and I'm your host. I'm here today with my good friend Jerry Caruso. Hello, Jerry. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming. Before I officially, uh, before I officially introduce you, I just want to say, if you're a fan of the podcast, if you wouldn't mind uh, going to YouTube or and subscribing or and give us a rate, a review. Uh, also, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts are happening. That just wanted to get through that. Now we're beyond it. Jerry Caruso, my comedy teacher. That's right. And uh, in September, Dan Cohane and I had the pleasure. Uh, in September, maybe not this last. No, two, a year ago. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Yep. We took a comedy class at Mount Wachusett. Community, community college, college. Yeah. and you were the teacher, and Dan signed me up, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I wanted to do it, but I was like, sometimes I'm not into new things. Right, you know right. I mean, a lot of people are like that. Yeah. It, it, you know, they say they want to do it, and then they're like, oh my God, it's tonight? Oh, can I take a bath? It's like, no, just do it, you know. Yeah. I always tell people, that's like when I first started doing comedy, the same deal. Yeah. I just check it out, but my friend talked to me, and said, come on, you, you can do it. Down. My 14 friends that showed up for it. It took a school bus, you know, whatever. Yeah. It worked. So, okay, people can watch comedy anywhere all the time now yeah, on Netflix, Hulu, whatever it is. Yeah. Who is to you the funniest comedian that you have ever heard? Can I give you two? Like, yeah, absolutely. They tie. Okay. Um, Ryan Dangerfield, because I think Ryan Dangerfield is Ryan, the self-deprecation comedy. Makes fun of himself. And he's, he gets no respect. Oh, uh, totally, I get no respect. I'll tell you. But he's <laughs> just, he's just like a genius, you know. He just takes it to the top level of making fun of himself. And you feel bad, and you're on his side. Yeah. It, but it's very funny. And the other one, which is a totally different, and of the spectrum is Robin Williams. I think he's a comic oh. genius. Spontaneous, he can do anything. And I've always aspired to be like that, but I've always learned, like, don't try to emulate a comedian or you start to pick up the habits. What you should do is just be yourself and take some of the qualities that they have. Like, Robin Williams is spontaneous. You know, they do crowd work and be spontaneous. But my act, my act is there, it's in my head. It's, it's, it's shelved in different areas, and I know what to pick up. I know what to do for a church crowd, for a rotary club, but I also know what to do for a bunch of bikers, you know. Yeah. But I try not to go in the area where I go deep, 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 and, and I've always tried to teach, you know, you know, if you will listen to that, I, <laughs> you know that um, if you're clean, you're going to get a lot of work, and you also know that, that you have to read your audience, and a lot of young comics fail at that because they think, Friends think this is really funny. All oh, my girlfriends think this is a riot. My coworkers, those are different audiences. You know, you get people coming to see comedy. They're anybody, blue collar, white collar. You know, older, younger. Yeah. You know, hip, not hip. Some needing hips. You know, the usual. Yeah. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> it's not good. Uh, and just to be able to grasp what's in front of you, a lot of people find that difficult. Like, I've known comics, and I think I told you this, I know comics that tell me, uh, oh, I can't do a church. I go, why? I just can't do 
or I can't do a clean show. Why? I gotta swear. Why have to swear? Think of a cutesy word instead of the four letter word, and there's plenty of them out there. I can't do that. That's not my style. You know, I fought with so many people say, no, I can't do it. I'll offer money. Here's money. Here's the money. We're getting paid this much. I, I don't care if it's double that. I still can't do it. So. Well, could it, could it be just that they have uh, come to their their own habits? Yeah. It is. Yep. I'm good. Bad traits. Uh, uh, they just stick to old habits. Don't die. You know? And it's like, well, I can do this in front of my family, in front of my grandma. Like, oh, apparently your grandma's more hip than mine was. But getting back to Robin Williams, just the things that he does, that he did, I should say. And to look at him, TV show, movies, uh, comedy specials, uh, character actor, I mean, you name it, yeah. he's done it. And yet, he was depressed, and, yeah. you know, like so many comics. Well, I, I wonder if there is something to be said about somebody who is so extreme. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm. I mean, like, he was so extremely good. Mm. And he gave everything, like Keith Ledger. You know, yeah, that, that, yeah, right? yeah, those no. kind of things. It, is that they they give so much of themselves, they have nothing left, maybe for themselves. There's a good possibility that, that a statement like that makes makes sense because if you really think about it, the people I know that do comedy do remain unnamed. I can tell you many problems that they have. When they get the stage, they're almost like a different person. Uh, or in in Stuff like what happens in the past two years with the pandemic, I know a lot of them. Some have either cut down their work, some have stopped, some, you know, they say it's not the same anymore. And I, I beg to differ where you have to become more creative. Some people funny, of course. Uh, you have to be more creative. Like I do Zooms, I do podcasts, I do, um, uh, I do live shows, I do shows online. Say, how do you do it? You know, it's like it's easy. Either you pretend your audience is there, or, or, or if you're doing a, a Zoom or anything like that, the audience is out there. Leave your mics on. They go, no, we'll turn them off. You go, no, 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 no. I want to hear people. One show I had to gauge their faces, and it was really difficult. And people like came and went, not because of me, but they did that the whole show. But yeah. they had to go to little boys' room, little girls' room, get a drink, uh, answer the phone. You know, that's what people were doing. Whereas if you have a live show, like something like this could even work if you presented it to people, like if this was a regular show. So yeah. It could work. Yeah. Uh, and I think also, too, like we said, you know, the habits of people drop into their habits and they can't shake them off. Yeah. Where I learned, and I do something right after 28 years, I think. <laughs> people go, I talked about 20 years ago. 20 Apparently years I'm funny. Now. Apparently I'm funny because well, people still book me. You are. Were you funny before and when did you get started in comedy? I got, believe it or not, I got started officially in comedy or unofficially. Because unofficially it was 7th and 8th grade. <laughs> I would say officially then. Officially. Uh, twice because once was 1980. I went into a uh, contest called Class Clown from WBBF. It used to be a popular station. Lauren and Wally were on it, and people remember those names, showing my age. Uh, and they had a contest, and this girl from high school says, oh, I signed you up. For what? Class clown. I go, what's that? She says, oh, just go and tell jokes. You get like up 
to five minutes. You can do it. I know you. And you were funny in high school. You can be funny now. I haven't done any comedy since. Oh, stop. You still make people laugh. So I took the challenge and I did it. And I had to work two nights. And the first night was everybody performing. I think there were a hundred of us. And, uh, broken down into two shows. You know, like, yeah. you know. And I finished. Then I went to the finals, which were only like ten comics. And so I made the top ten. And I finished third. Tied for third. Or third. Third, I think. And it was great. And then I got the bug, and so someone told me, you ought to go to Dayton Hollis in Cambridge. Chinese restaurant mysteriously got burnt down. Go figure insurance. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. It could happen. Yeah. But they, uh, um, and Lenny Clark was Dog bones everywhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cat uh, stuff. Pigeons. Uh, Lenny Clark was one. Back then, that was Lenny Clark was thin, full of hair. And he's thin now. Yes, and Lenny's the top comic of Boston, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy on and off stage. I've worked with him a few times. I did a cable show, Steve Katzel's. Nice man. He had a show like a variety show, like a Tonight Show. And me and Lenny were there. And he was like, ah, where you been? I haven't seen you in a while. Like, that's the kind of person that he was. So yeah. On and off stage, he was great. But anyway, so Lenny was running that show in Cambridge at Ding Halls. And I walked in. I'd like to sign up for the open mic. He goes, ah, good for you. You got number 51. I go, what? He goes, 51. 51. I said, yeah, number 51. After 50 and before 52. Because that's really a good spot. And I'm laughing. I go, what do you mean? He said, the show goes. He goes from 7 p.m. to at least 1. So if you do the math, that's six hours. My word. Yeah. And uh, I did it. And I did did impressions, singing impressions. And uh, he liked it. And so he you, you, next time you, you come back, you know, you sign up here and I'll give you a better spot. And I'm saying, you're not going to remember me. He goes, the voice guy. Before when I came the second time, I go, yeah, yeah, how you doing? He goes, good. He goes, I got a good spot. I go, really? Yes. Wait, 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 yeah, this he goes, 38. I go, 38. He goes, it's lower than 51. I go, true. <laughs> I go, 13 spots higher. The more you come, or the the more I think you do really good. And I said, okay. And, and I did it. And I did good. And uh, so I went once a month. So the third month. And I went, he lived up to his word. He goes, Jerry. I said, yeah, yeah. Once a month. Sorry, I'd like to see you more, but once a month is fine. And as I kept going, less and less of my friends were, were, were going. They go, right. you change your act. I go, how can I? I only have so many jokes. And I've been doing it for, you know, Technically, four days. This is my fourth day, but whatever. <laughs> so I went and I showed up. He goes, the reward, the reward points. I'm working for you. Check this out. He goes, 26. I go, all right, it's 12 spots higher. And the last show that I did, and he always told me, don't give up. Hang in there. You're in a good spot. You have the personality. You got to work on a few things. He goes, but that's it, it, what is it? Your, your third show, I go fourth. Fifth, fifth year, and I had uh, no fourth there and, and two more in other ways. Stick with him. He goes, guess where I got you? Uh, Twenty. He goes, yeah, yeah. You're in big time, Kennedy. You're in big time. You're number eighteen. Eighteen. So he lived to his word. He gave me the confidence, but I just backed off because less and less people kept showing up, and uh, you know, and uh, I couldn't get family to go. I couldn't go private. 
family to, to go in. Yeah. Yeah. Family, yeah. yeah. Well, where did you live at the time? I lived in Lynn, so. Okay. You know, so it wasn't Lynn, that far. No, it just stayed, they, they, Well, it's like what we talked about earlier. People get in their rhythms and they don't want yeah. to get out of their rhythms. Right. And so then, then I came back in 1993. Well, I worked at Digital Equipment Corporation, and one of my bosses said, "You know, because I entertained this party for some girls that was going to leave, I could give me some stuff on her, and I'll try to make jokes. We know nothing about her. She's a big boss. Nobody sees her. We just wishing her goodbye. So I just did my own thing, and I did like 15 minutes, and they loved it. They thought it was great. I was telling jokes. I made up some jokes." And, did a lot of voices. Yeah. So my boss, Ann Burns, God rest her soul, she died of cancer was that great person. She died of cancer. She goes, if you go to Nick's comedy stuff, awesome. I'll get a bunch of people to follow you there. I go, are you serious? She goes, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I said, okay. So well, they assemble 13 people, and then my wife came we said 14 people. So I got to Nick's and looking out the window, we went up. Guy next goes, did you bring people? I go, they should be here. I go, oh, here they are now. Who's the school bus? I go, either it's a Partridge family or it's my friend. <laughs> a few staggered out of the bay, you know, because they were drinking on yeah. the bus, except the driver. And they came in and drove away outside, and they were a great support. And I did like uh, four to five minutes. And Jim Mulletta was another great comic in Boston, probably easy top ten. Nice man, and very funny. Did impressions too. Yeah. He, didn't even know me. And he brought me, you saw when you saw the film, he goes, yeah. oh, glad to have this guy back. I was never there. <laughs> back. Very funny guy, he, you know, you know. Awesome. I enjoy him too. Let's hear it for Jenny Caruso. You know, he said it, you know, he's also tough, so he's yeah. doing the same thing. And people go, do you know him? I go, no, nice man, glad he did it. I did it, and then from there I went on. So, officially from 1993, if you want to come, you know, a month worth of shows or a week worth of shows, I don't bother. People go, what's your contract? So you've been doing this since 80. I go, yeah, 80 and took a hiatus for 13 years. <laughs> that doesn't work. So, so you've been doing it a long time. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously the last couple of years have been a little weird, right? Including when I met you, right? Like, like it's just a weird world to live in. It is. What is uh, the worst thing about comedy in this weird political oh yeah, I get to that. What, is, what is the worst thing? first of all uh, people nervous with covid and i get it because you know it's contagious and i get it and some get it some don't covid does and uh <laughs> so i think that it held a lot of people back i have a woman came to my show like i did a show in When you came to that place, Little Anthony's, yeah, great yeah, yeah. food, Winston, love it. And uh, they, uh, I did a show with Jenny, Jenny Freeman, yeah. and my friend Bill Slum. That's the way of sad. He had cancer. It beat him. Uh, after Wait a minute, the guy who was with us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who was about Chuck Norris. Yeah. yeah, he passed. Oh wow. And wow. I got to tell you another funny story after that about him. So we had done a show there, and I knew people say. I don't know if I can kind of go, why? I go, that's when you know, the warmer weather, COVID goes away, or viruses go away, and I don't know. And, but people were happy it was outside. They had it outside. We got like, 
Like when we had it in that house, the second show that you came to, the fall of the fall show, show that had that forty-nine degree night, which yeah, was, was pretty cool. It was, and so, but the first time, you know, people said, "Oh, I don't know if I can come." And they found out it was outside. Some people came, so people were real leery about it. People wear masks. Like, what do you wear masks outside for? You know, if you don't have anything wrong, you know, but whatever. So that was a weird thing to try to get acclimated and come back into it. Um, it made it weird, you know, you had to wear a mask until you got on stage at times. And I abide by the rules and I'm careful, so that was one thing. But then the political atmosphere changed. There was a lot of Even wokeness. beyond that? Yeah, because there was a lot of wokeness going on where people say, oh, you can't make fun. One woman got mad, this is years ago before that happened, and it, it came to the nth degree of it just magnified because I made out of myself being Italian, she objected to it. Well, <laughs> Kansas City. Here's the thing, she was not Italian, she had not <laughs> one speck of Italian. And you're Italian. And she said, I, I'm appalled you made fun of Italians. I go, I'm Italian. And she says, you also made fun of different groups. I go, no, I didn't. Like there was like a, um, a gay club there. I had it at the Franklin Pierce University. And I'm not gonna get to my point, really. If you have two hours, I'll get to it. So, so Franklin Pierce University, they yeah. had a relay for life there. Yeah. And there was a club they called a gay club. And, and, and you know, we're gay and we're proud. I go, ah, that's fine, I don't care. Yeah. And she says, you, you were making fun of them. And I really wasn't. I had a song where that word fit in perfectly. I said, I'm not gay. And it, something that rhymed with uh, day. And so the gay club was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, so they loved it. You're helping our cause. And she said, they were angry at me, and what she failed to see is after that show, I hooked up with them and just, no, honey, I didn't know about them. I met them afterwards when I was hanging out. Hopefully, your wife doesn't watch it. True confessions. That's right. And we hung up, and they said, that was so cool that you did that. You do it an hour on hour. No, it's part of my act. And this woman said, he, he, he throttled the, he, the gay crowd. They didn't like it. They were rooting me on. And so they canceled me out of the three shows I was doing for the Relay for Life in New Hampshire. I said, are you serious? And the, and the girl who organized it said, Sherry, I don't know why. I just do what I'm told. I'm sad that I have to do this to you. Next year, I was able to get back into it. But I think because everybody had time to be at home. Yeah. Everybody had time to not be able to go out. Everybody had all this free time. Then all these people come out of the woodwork. And comedy got attacked because more and more, the past, I'd say three to four years, you know, you had to be politically correct. Now, luckily, I don't have an act where I border things and, and you know. Yeah, you were very, you were pretty uh, upfront with us on that in comedy yeah. class. You were yeah. like, I, I stay, you know, stay away from politics, stay oh, away from that stuff. I call the 60-40 theory. <laughs> You're gonna get 60 or 40% to like you and that other half of the equation is gonna not like you. Yeah, and be either disruptive, leave, or start jarring at you, and then you have to get the authorities involved that are in the club to like, hey, can you keep quiet? <laughs> you know, and they were not. So I think there's, there's been that shift where all this time for people to talk about things like, oh, you shouldn't make fun of nationalities. Uh, you shouldn't say this word. You know, this word means this, that, and the other thing. It's like, really? Yeah. And I know many comics that have stopped performing at colleges because they some of them become that way. Yeah. And it's ironic. College crowds are not my type. Not that I don't like them. I love colleges. I 
graduated, I went to college seven years. Community college was really fun, so. <laughs> but I actually got two degrees out of it. But, but I remember going, uh, but I remember I did a show a long time ago with my buddy Justin McGinney, very funny guy, look him up, I love Justin. Uh, we had done a show together and, and the college was, they were great. They liked me, they didn't love me, but at that time I'd been doing it like uh, 10 years, possibly, yeah. 12 years. And I learned, slowly was learning to adjust the audiences and read the audiences. And, yeah. and now I just, I pick and choose and, and, and I'm able to pull it off. Thank God. You know? mm. So yeah, there's those two things that change the atmosphere, you know. Mm. And people not wanting to go out. Uh, I had one show I did for a girl with cancer. And it never fell through, but people still came. And one guy goes, oh, I'm glad to be here. We need to get out. This is last July. We need to get out. You know, this is really cool. And we're happy. We know you wear a mask. That's cool. And, you know, yeah, take it off on stage. And the guy, and then, then he called me over to sit next to them. And I sat next to him. And he goes, hey, if you get the vaccine, I'm ready to go. Honestly, no. He goes, he got violent with me. He goes, get the blunt away from my table. And he goes, that's why I push don't do this. He goes, matter of fact, we don't need to talk to you at all. Matter of fact, we don't need to be in the show. You know, fine. That's how you feel fine. Wow. I walked out. You already paid. I told my wife, give him his money back. So I don't want to go see him. I don't want to get fight with this guy. She gives his money back. He goes, no, I feel bad. I should let you keep the money. My wife goes, no. My husband's very honest. He says, if you're not going to show up, he's going to give you the money back. And he felt bad. And eventually, the waitress came back and gave us his, his money. Oh, wow. Nice. Like, there are so many people that changed the scene because I know people have come to shows and there some people talking to each other like I think he's on vaccine over there. Like, oh my word. It shouldn't be like that. And I think it helped to shift the audiences. I, I, I don't know. It, but now I know too from doing stuff like this and doing Zooms and talking to different people out there. Um, everybody feels the same way. Yeah, COVID's out there, but you know, we have to do what we can. We have to do what we can to get back to normal. So, yeah. But that hit comedy, hit the entertainment business badly. Yeah. Look at, who was the one, was it Eric Clapton? They said they demanded in England, anybody comes to Wisconsin is going to be vaccinated. He goes, I will not do a show if you're telling everybody they have to be vaccinated. And he goes, well, if you don't want to book me, that's fine. And they're like, they're looking at him like, you're Eric Clapton. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so I feel that a lot of entertainers, they're like, hey, I respect people who get the shot. I respect people who don't get the shot. If you don't get it, there's going to be a reason. Don't build politics into it, but build your reason. Whether it's religious reason, whether it's minus half religious and half because they have a heart condition. So it's like, I just look at it like, ah. I'm gonna have a long talk with, with my doctor like in, in a few weeks to see what I should do. Yeah, he says I should get it. I go, I want him to explain to me because I have clogged arteries. Like, what Italian doesn't, honestly. <laughs> All we eat is bread and pasta, so plenty of gluten in the I'm totally on. offended by that. What? About the gluten that you just 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 <laughs> pinpointed. That's that. fine. I, I can get you a job in a committee for the cancer society. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. They're a great, great, great people. And I see the change too. Where I know I told you I did shows at the Hope Lodge in Boston. You used to do the Hope Lodge in Worcester, and Worcester dissolved. It was sad. It was a sad night when that happened. I was there for it. But now Boston's happening. Every month I was getting shows. Yeah. You know, just out of the good of my heart, bring another. Sometimes a third comic because mostly me, I was basically doing like, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And Paul would do like 10 to 15, and the court came in and do five minutes. Because everybody's different. 
because it's like doing a show with like scattered amount of people. Yeah. There was a room where they just had dinner. Some stayed, some didn't. Some had treatment that day, some didn't. But it was such a wonderful experience. Obviously, I can't go back to that until things get better. Right. And it's sad. I offered doing like a Zoom, like an online thing, and I'd be happy to do that for them. I have to talk to my friend Ann who works there and see if we can work on something. They're ready to make me come back this past summer, but the numbers got a little spiky then, and, and I get it if a cancer patient, you know, I, I totally understand. Yeah. I, you know, but I want to be creative with them, say, mm, put them in another room, and I'll be in another room. Uh, give me a speaker, and it'll broadcast at the other room, or put me on closed circuit, whatever. So I got to talk now, because that changed my dynamic there. Yeah. I lost like 12 to 14 shows a year because of that. And I've been doing that for like four or five years. Yeah. It's a great experience, but that's how it changed. See it? See it? If you had one question for me, I, I'd give you an hour, so. <laughs> I know you have more. Well, here's, here's another one. Why do you think, obviously, why do you think laughter is so important? Because there are a lot of people, beside the pandemic, let's, let's just step away from the pandemic, and people who are lonely, uh, people don't have anybody, people who lost loved ones, and you know they just lead a life when they go to work, they go home, dog, feed the cat, go to sleep, you know, do it all over again. So a lot of people don't do anything. On comes a pandemic, you know, it makes it even worse for those people. So I yeah. think that people, they need to laugh and they should laugh. Hey, it's in the Bible, you know, the way of mirth is, I don't know what it is. But I'll tell you what it is. A cheerful heart yeah. is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a personal uh, person's strength. Absolutely. I mean... So I think people need that, and I've been in the laughter business since, like I said, since I was a little kid. I was, I was, you know, doing crowd work at family dinners. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they'd hate me, but my assistants would be like, "Oh God, you're right on." <laughs> I get home and I get this, and you know, pick apart my body. But it's like, uh, but uh, so I've been in the business for all these years. But I yeah. also know that plus laughter and humor, humor basically opens up the door. Yes, to make people laugh. But they're more comfortable in front of you when they laugh or they feel like, oh, I have a connection there. Oh, this guy's easy to laugh. Oh, this guy smiles. Oh, my God. You know, this is easy. So for people, um, somebody told me once, she'll kill me if I say her whole name, but Phyllis, I worked with her at Digital Federal Credit Union. And she had told me, she says, I hate you. She says, because you opened me up. And she was like, always like, Kind of like shy to herself, and we had to work side by side. But yeah. she said, But then I noticed some things that you were doing, and please don't take this as bragging because it's not. I don't believe in it. I think it's the worst thing people can do. She said, There's this one girl you always say hi to. She come pick up her reports because I'm an IT guy. Yeah. And you always greet her. You say, Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's new? And you make, she goes, You make her feel like she's part of something because she's basically shy and introverted and you open her right up and she says then you had a joke and you get her a laugh and she goes she hardly laughs you know because that's kind of life that she was leading but then you know so I've noticed that places that I've been to I'm always with she in, in bottom line she goes you're always with the underdog I go what are you talking about she's no, no no you always come to bat for the underdog and I was not good dog, and, and so you make me feel at home she, she goes you just start this or like I'm part of the group. I go, no, I was, I was in high school. 
I try to get along with everybody. Yeah. But even if I make people laugh, like, you know, the drama kids or, or, or you know, certain people, and people say, like, why don't you hang out with them? And I say, I don't judge anybody, by the way. They, uh, there was, like, sports nuts, uh, you know, the, you know, the jocks, and, you know, there were the, you know, the uh, popular kids, and I just try to get along with everybody. Yeah. And I've always used that tool of humor, you know, that God gave me to help me make people laugh. So humor leads to laughter, and that just bonds me with so many people. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, my wife said, she goes, every time we go somewhere, somebody winds up your friend. Not all the time. Not when we do our taxes. And then, you know, <laughs> not, now I get an argument and paying for bills. But I always try that. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, I'm, I'm trying to solve them. They go, are you a comedian? I go, well, yeah. yeah. So I go, come to one of my shows. You wouldn't have a crack like there it is. You know, you know, it's up my sleeve and pull it up like Not like Steve Shirek, he's the best. But I mean, so I I think that people just needed their desperate need. You know, yeah. you know what's both sides. The news is like, you know, like people say, you want to be a happy person, don't watch the news. Yeah, I don't even watch it. That's it's so true. Miserable. So true. I mean, I watch some of the news shows that poke fun at politics, poke fun at what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, Greg Gunfell on Fox, and he's very funny in some of the other shows that they have. But I know that, yeah, they'll bring out opinions of what's going on, but they try to poke fun at things. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. Um, there's a guy who works for EWTN, the Christian Network, uh, one, one of them, um, you know, would you? I've heard of that network. There we go. Christian Arroyo. And is it a Christian? I, I, I think it is. And he's very funny. He's talking yeah. to uh, but he builds a lot of humor, so he'll make an appearance on the show. He goes, here's what I saw. When that interview happened, now watch this. And he pulls out the funny out of it instead of the serious message that's coming out of it. So I think, think about it now. Um, humor and comedy are more built in more, more so than ever. Then you watch the news, and they never joke around. And then slowly but surely, they be joking around. Oh, nice dress. I got like one of that like that at home. It's <laughs> probably the truth. But I mean... Or they joke around, go, oh, me dance? Yeah, you don't want to see me dance. And so they try to lighten it up. And so everything you watch, even a drama, somehow comedy is built in. Yeah. You know, just to say, yeah, yeah, people are going to get shot. Yeah. It's fake, folks. It's a movie or a show. But there's always that humor that's built in. Yeah. And I'm not saying dark humor, but any kind of humor, just to, you know. So it, it kind of eases the tension somehow. Or even a situation like, oh, I'm really nervous about watching this movie. Oh, there's some funny lines. This movie has funny lines. It's about the mafia. I'm not going to have funny lines. Yeah. So all humor is built in. Um, workplaces like that, too, you know, where people try to build in humor workshops or try to say. They'll have me entertain my company, uh, Mossy Bioservices in Pepperell. And every once in a while, I do a show and I have a sidekick, this girl, Danielle Holbrook, you know, watching. And she's like my sidekick. Yeah. She has some funny in her, but she's almost like my straight person. Yeah. Much better looking than me. But but she'll she'll do that and, and it works well. And they let me do it. And I just, you know, keep my boundaries. I, I don't swear, I don't allude to anything, you know, uh, sexual, you know, just build it in. And they like it. Yeah. And some of the sites that we support will say, Oh, you should come down to New Jersey and do a show for us. And I just think we're online. I do the same thing, you know. But they're nice people, uh, my friends down there, and others, it's the same thing. 
So at least they're trying to build in, like break for a laugh. It started off with just like, you know, comedy 101, right? right. How to do it and how, how it's fun. And it's grown into, let's see, I don't know, four, four different shows now, which is kind of cool. Nice. Where me and that girl will we'll do it. And she'll do a good job. And she smiles. She's laughing half the time. So it's kind of like, <laughs> so laughter's contagious. And people right. watch and say, oh my God, what is she? Oh, I know what she's laughing at, you know. Um, and then we want to do like a Q&A thing or, or don't do what we do or, you know, Q&A, like, how many people should I invite to, to my dinner party at, at Christmas? None. Like, you know, just stupid stuff, but, you know, we want to do that. And they're open to that idea. I think that's going to be in January. It'll be a month later than I wanted to do it. But yeah. we talk about how, how we survived Christmas and New Year's and all yeah. this stuff. But, you know, so they've invited it. So the more and more, doctors are the same thing. Yeah. Doctors, you go to a doctor, you know, they'll, unless they got bad news for you, but even they try to work around. Not around it, but by trying to make you laugh to ease you. Yeah. You know. Lower, it lowers your blood pressure. So many things it does. I'm not going to get into that. It's another show. It does. I mean, I, we yeah. uh, we actually did something last week called Jingle Jam. We do it every Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you and, invited me. And the whole thing, in, in, uh, Dan's in it. He's, yeah. He, there's, right. He's a comic host. There's a comic host and a credible host. And the whole thing is based on like the way Disney writes. Mm-hmm. So there's a, the point is the Tiffany scene, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's totally for kids, mm-hmm. except adults. Uh, there's a ton of adult jokes right. written in, like the cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like cartoons, right? Like yeah, cartoons, cartoons, right? And so it allows people to come to church and listen to adults laughing their heads off. Right. And if only every week in church could be like that, right? Like it, it does. It 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 lowers blood pressure. There has to be some health. Um, oh God, I preach it. Yeah, health positive. Clears your head. Yeah. Relaxes you. I mean, it lowers the blood pressure. It, it, it flow your blood. It helps you breathe better. It, it clears your lungs. It massages your stomach. I mean, skeletal muscles in your face. So many of them that it eases. It, it's so weird yeah. that people don't believe. Trust me, I go. That's why I talk about it. Um, yeah. Heart helps with the heart. Yeah. Pump the blood. Uh, carry the oxygen cells. Uh, beat stronger. There's a lot of things that it does that people go, yeah. I mean, I, when I saw uh, um, Patch Adams, that, that movie, I go, yeah. that's how I want to be when I grow up. I'm 66. I'm still waiting for that. But I don't think it's there. Come in the hospital, make us laugh. You know, but that's like every time I go to the hospital, I try to make people laugh. Maybe it's to ease my tension, too, as, as to what I'm going through. Yeah. Colonoscopy. I'd go on colonoscopy. <laughs> there was a woman. <laughs> Oh man! She goes, I'm doing the same thing. She goes, I'm so scared. Goes, Don't be scared, you know. Like, you know, the walls there, the cloth wall. This is before COVID, by the way. And you know, I like the cloth wall. She goes, I, I, I've done this before. She goes, Oh, is it that bad? Goes, no. If you get knocked out, you wake up. You know, it's like nothing ever happens. She goes, Oh, really? I go. The only sad, the, the only tough part is when you use that 14 gauge hose just to go on. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, my was what are you saying? And I go, I'm just kidding. Oh man! They don't use it now. They 14 gauge hose. How can they do that? They use a 10 gauge hose. I said, and the nurses are laughing, and, and this woman's freaking out. She's probably not my friend, but oh, but I try to ease the tension because there's always tension, and laughter, you know, sparks communication. 
breaks up tension. It does uh, so many things. It just opens the door. Yeah. You know, like yeah. our company got bought out. They call it a merger. It's a buyout. So they bought us out like another company. And I appreciate the owners, what they did for us all the years I've been in. And that's great. I, I, I still have fun there. But the owners, you know, when they come along, they try to inject a little humor when they send in the message. It, it could be minute, but, you know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't work eight hours a day. You know, just like simple stuff that they say. And people laugh. So when you're trying to convey a serious message, then, you know, laughter can bridge that. Yeah. You know, just makes it. So, uh, what's your spiritual background? I know you, we've talked a little bit about this, but like, uh, what's your spiritual background and how does that kind of can help round out your worldview in terms of comedy? Is there anything funny about it? Oh, God, I went to Catholic school. That's, that's, that's right there. I was, a, I was a moving target. You know, and then as I got to high school, it was just as bad with the nuns would be like staring at me just nodding their heads. And one time I did a senior banquet, and that was the main act. How that happened? Girl sang beautifully. One played the, she was a penis. And I said, oh, yeah, it's a penis. Whatever. Isn't it? Whatever you do, don't make yourself clear. Then. Right. Thank you. Yeah, that's worse. I'm drawing attention. <laughs> she played beautifully, and then I told jokes. And I remember being on stage, I told a few jokes about the nuns. And I go, and then there's Sister Monica, and then there's Sister Mary, you know, going on and on. And I look at the principal, I go, we're having fun, right? She's just staring at me. I go, hey, in another week I'll be graduating. She goes, not yet. And I go, ooh. You know? <laughs> but she really liked it. Yeah. You know, because I was king of the potential. Could have been Prince, but I'll say King. Last week, my my son asked me, uh, he was reading a book from a uh, joke book, mm -hmm. and he loves to do that, and he says, hey, Dad, what's black and white and red, uh, red all over? And my uh, wife was pretty ticked when I answered, a bloody nun. <laughs> He's like, no, a newspaper. I like my answer better. <laughs> Whoa. Parenting 101. That, yeah, I really should probably not. No, but that's still, you, you know, but it's like the same thing. Like, you know, that's like, I love teaching people comedy and trying to teach them to get up there. And I see people do very well with it. It just depends on what you want to do with it. Even if they do it just once with that 15 minutes of fame or five minutes of fame, yeah. God bless it. So getting back to Catholic school, Catholic school was an adventure. But as I tell people that have been interviewed with the little newspapers and big ones, I tell them about radio systems. Same thing. Parkview School was my stage. Seventh and eighth grade, St. Patrick's School had a schoolyard. And I was out there entertaining kids. And I think it didn't bother the nuns because it got them, kept them from beating the hell out, ooped the heck out of each other. <laughs> you can say hell. But it, so I tried, I worked hand in hand with them. But yeah. by the time I got to high school, it took me two years to start to do my own thing. Like we had different buildings we'd go to, to science building. It had to be four or five buildings you'd, you'd go back and forth in. And there was conveniently where you're changing classes at lunch. I start doing voices and telling jokes, and I'd be at the top of the stairs going and entry going into the building, and the crowd would slowly gather. You know, it was like amazing. Nice. And that helped me to get used to audiences. Yeah. Yes, I graduated in 73. It took me seven years to hit the stage in reality. Outside of working or taking classes at, at the community college level and injecting humor, yeah. you know. I remember I took a class, was it 
no show too many cars in Beverly. And the teacher, Bob Matthews, nice guy. He's always known as the teller joke. We did medieval times. He goes, almost, he goes, in these times, he goes, when you read these books, he goes, does anybody know, was there anything, what, and he was pushing it, organizations or, or like clubs, were there any forms? I said, and he looked at me begrudgingly, he goes, Mr. Caruso. I says, well, I said, you know, you know, the round table, and everything along the round table was a very good point. I said, yeah, and you know what that turned into, that was the very first nightclub, I said. He goes, why do I ask you? But then I give him real answers, you know. But so college was, was the other one that gave me that background to yeah. You, know, you sit, it's always to sit in a last round and yell out stuff without being disruptive and then kind of get to the point. So it gave me that opportunity. And workplace was, was the same way. Um, I'm surprised I never wound up in HR. Not in HR, I mean working for them because <laughs> I wanted to go into training because I talk about something serious but inject humor so it made people learn faster or make learning fun. And, uh, you know, it never happened. So I stuck with IT. And, Anyone would be good at HR, though. Have you seen The Office? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that Toby? Who's yeah, the Toby, HR yeah. guy? So get back. So so religion is an important part of my life. I still go to church as much as I can. Me and my wife, my lovely wife, Robin. We're, we're practicing Catholics. I know it sounds like a football team. Yeah, you're practicing Catholics. Okay, every lineup. We got, we got practice at four today. But so we go to church and, you know, minimal involvement, but, you know, where they praise God and do our thing. But they also think it, it paved the way for me to do church shows and also mm -hmm. taught me from listening to lectures and priests when yeah. I try to inject humor into it. And it's a way to do it. And oh, I've done more than a handful of churches. I'd say at least closer to 15. Uh, not even counting when I did shows here, but it's not directly for the church. I've done the Congregational Church in Orange, I think it was. My friend and I, that guy that looked like uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill was harping. Jerry, he wants to go in a pulpit. I go, yeah, we'll talk with that. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> well, I heard it back then. I know why he was like. <laughs> right, but just keep it clean. And he did 10 minutes clean, and he did a good job. Yeah. I proceeded to do 15 minutes clean. Yeah. He goes, I watched you do it. I don't know how you did it. I go, everything's clean. Everything's Disney. Everything's like, yeah. this is my. 45 minute audition, you know, for, for a clean role, and I did it. So I think church, I also think that I, I always thank God because I think God gave me the ability to make people laugh. Yeah. And I've used it and, and still am using it. But one of the most important things that came out of comedy is like the second year doing comedy, I saw a comics for a cure with Tony Marcus because he saw me do a benefit. He goes, You did one for AIDS, you did great. Maybe you can connect me to different comics and we'll do shows together. And we did it for a bunch of years and then he left to go move somewhere else and I just took over. And I always think that, you know, God has me on a mission to make people laugh and raise money at the same time. Um, you know, people are saying, well, you put big money up. Not looking to make money. The end game is to help someone out who's, who's in need, make people laugh and take them away. Like when I do cancer patients, a show, you know, they might have gone through terrible treatment. One guy told me once, older guy, when I talk about Oscar, he goes, oh, Judy, I, I was nervous about my treatment, but, uh, you know, I, I, at least you took your joke. I take one of your jokes, and I, 
it, it was a lot easier to get the treatment because I think he joke I got Oscar Hopper was a funny joke. It was about one I fell flat on my face. He goes, No, no, it's a funny. You you funny. Because he came to a lot of my shows. Yeah. Treatment. So many months a year and he'd always see me. He'd hand me jokes and I, I knew you heard some of them. Yeah. But he's uh but he made that valid point. So I thank God I have that ability and I also have the ability to reach out to people and say, Hey, try it. You have nothing to lose. I guarantee you, I'm, I'm not going to screw up. Is this screw up? Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> because because um, it, it brings the opportunity. But for me, neither represents the church, and whoever's in the church, whoever runs the church, or the priest, the pastor, the director, who, whoever's there, but I represent me too. Yeah. I can walk away and say, oh, I did an anti show in church. You should have seen that. Oh my God, they went crazy. And I'll never go back there again, but it's such a funny story. But I don't want to. I want people to walk away saying, I reconnected with Holy Trinity Church and uh, Webster because I'm big. And I've done a lot of shows for them in Webster and then my friend left and had to go to another parish. And I broke ties with them, so I reunited with them again and I wrote them like, hey, you want to do another show? Oh my God, I remember you, Jerry. And it turned out to be one of the girls that, one of the attendants there, and she want, they want me back. Yeah. Oh, nice. Which I, I welcome that. I appreciate the opportunity you get here. And still are because you know, yeah, we can do a lot with it. And like you said, people need to laugh. So I just thank God yeah. that I have that ability awesome. to make people laugh, and and I get to do a, a good Jesus joke. And it's really, it's not a bad joke. You don't have to justify it to me. Come on. Oh, Jesus was in the crowd, you know, when he was doing the miracles and doing his thing, and he ran into teenagers and you know, young teens, uh, you know, in Jerusalem was that area there. So. He hears a kid talking, yeah, that's Jesus. Seems like a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, he does. The way he talks, and, you know, he reaches out to everybody. He's really cool. And so, wish we could meet him. And he speaks up, he goes, I'm Jesus. And the kid goes, no way. He goes, yeah, way. <laughs> I did that to, to, to a, I was it Episcopal? It's a church up in Maine with Danny Bullis and Mark Riley. And they loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was a cute play on words. Like, yeah. I heard it. It's not my joke, but. Father. One more uh, question. Go ahead. So your wife's name is Robin. Yep. And you have a son. Matthew. Matthew. Yep. Have you ever said to your son, like Robinson Caruso? Oh, stop. That's primitive. <laughs> Everybody uses that. Really? Really? <laughs> is, your, is, is, is your son's name Robin? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard it's it. Such a great when one. you said Robin, great. I was like, Everybody says oh that. my yeah. word. It's yeah. too, it's too yeah. good. Him, he's son, yeah, son and daughter, you know, Kylie and Matthew. It's like, you know, it's so funny. We have uh, two people that, that we do not the gospel, yeah, the gospel going to Luke. We have a Luke yeah. in our family. We have Matthew, I have a cousin John. Who's the other guy? Paul, Mark. Oh, Mark, or if you're from New England, Mark, Mark, yeah, Mark. <laughs> I don't have a Mark. So I've said three out of four. Well, thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank and, you for having me. Really appreciate it. Was it. fun. I will close out with a couple things here. This is kind of, um, I give some chaffing good news every mm -hmm. week. Yeah. Usually I give a birthday. You know anybody whose birthday? I give them a shout out. I, there's no birthdays this week that I know of uh, who are part of Chaffin Church. Come on, the 25th. Whose is that? Yours? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you oh, just, Jesus juked me. That's fantastic. Yeah, in a good way. 
actually, my wife's my wife's cousin is also her aunt is also her birthday. Actually, my my uh, uh, my granddaughter Mariah her, her birthday is next week. So really, Mariah? Yeah, Mariah. Yeah. All she wants is Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. No, but that's that's a pretty good one. Just take a comedy class. Yeah. Oh, oh you did. <laughs> I did. No. So uh, there is some traffic good news. We have our final totals for the year that we gave as a church to the, the food pantry. We have a food and co-drive every week. That's nice. Uh, every month, rather. And this year, we gave uh, 3,871 pounds of food oh my God. to the uh, to Wachisa Food Pantry in 880 coats to Vets Inc. and Salvation Army. Oh, Vets Inc. is great. I've done shows for them, too. Yeah. Same deal. Can't go back until things get a little better. But Vets Inc. is a great place. Yeah. That's great. Where's the next place you're going? Next place I'm going. Anything uh, booked? I'm doing, yeah, January 12th, I'm doing NAAP, National Association of Acting Professionals. Oh, wow. I'm speaking for them nationally. They'll have something there, and I talk about laughter is the best medicine. Then I have a show I'm going to do a Appreciation show for veterans. I think it's a 26 at Tavern 13 in Lemonster. And we, if you want to come, you, you can come. Yeah, sounds great. And, and do something. We'll do a show in appreciation of veterans, fire, police, EMTs. Cool. Yeah, you know, we're not charging anything. Just come in, you know, in a place that's hosted. I'm doing something in New Hampshire for, I think, a woman battling cancer. So, okay. Always doing something. Awesome. In between all my Zooms and stuff, I, I, I could have you on. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, okay. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We'll close up. Of course, this is a church podcast, so don't forget about giving. If you uh, love the Chaffin Church podcast or Chaffin Church, we'd love to have you uh, share with us. And that way, you can send any gifts you have to 155 Shrewsbury Street in Holden. Or um, Chaffin.Church is our new website. We just came out with a new website. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I gotta look that up. Or you can text any amount to 84321. So, this has been good news. Now go and give some out. Have an awesome day.